You are listening to Quelly TV Podcast, dedicated to the issue, stories, and culture of the global Black community. Our culture curated. I'm really excited to, you know, you one of our newer filmmakers on the platform. We have a really awesome short called Angela. It's about a young woman from Cuba moving to New York City. So thank you so much for doing this interview. It's a total pleasure for me. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So I reached out to you probably maybe two months ago or so. And when yeah. I learned about yeah, and I learned about your short. I thought like, wow, this is a really great fit for a quality to be. Especially because our whole goal is making sure we're really creating content that really shows the Black experience from around the world. And I think a lot of times people don't think about the diversity in Cuba. And I thought your film was a great way to do that. Thank you so much. Thank you. So talk about the film. I know you're, are you from Cuba originally, right? Yes. I was born and raised in Cuba until I was uh, 24 years old. And then I came to the States. Okay. And did you study film while you were in Cuba or did you start studying while in in the U.S.? I started film in Cuba for uh, for five years in the University of Arts, which is the only uh, the only state-run uh, film school in Cuba, and I studied there for five years. I studied film, radio, and TV directing. Mm-hmm. And then when I came to the States, I was uh, freelancing in New York for like three years. And now, one year ago, I enrolled in the grad film program at NYU. So that's what I'm currently doing. So it's my okay. second time in film school. <laughs> okay, well, you know, I heard that in Cuba that college is free, right? Anyway, so isn't it? Yes, yes. Uh, college, I mean, all education is free. All public education is free and there's no private education. It's illegal. So, yes, that's essentially how it works. <laughs> Which is, you know, I know people, you know, have their issues with Cuba, good or bad. But I think that's like one of, definitely one of the positive things about Cuba is that you, you did get the education, you have to pay for it. So, so if you are at NYU, you know, at least, <laughs> at least we don't have to pay for it twice. It's, <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah that's good <laughs> that is good so um talk about this story angela and why you decided to tell her story yes so i mean it's a project that i did with Idalmis garcia who is a friend of mine from cuba she's a very popular actress in cuba because she did like many theater plays and movies and mm-hmm. tv so she's very well known in cuba i think she's a very talented actress and she's also a very good friend of mine so we were here in new york and we were both freelancing doing all sorts of odd jobs and we were this one time at central park and we're talking about okay we should do something you know we should just grab a camera and start shooting something so it started like that it started as improvisations around the city so we started developing and creating this fictional character called angela and mm-hmm. we started shaping her and we started like uh, using a kind of a documentary style so we will get into places without people knowing that, that mm-hmm. we were shooting a fictional story. So we will get into places and she will start interacting with people while, you know, pretending to be Angela, this fictional woman. So she will start interacting with people and we will just record that as a documentary or in a documentary style, maybe. And that's how it all started. So once we had like one or two months of footage, 
then we started like okay we can you know we like this we don't like this so we started shaping and developing a story and then once we had a story you know about this woman she talks to her mom and uh you know she got her new friends at the cuban rumba in central park and all that so we started like you know having an outline of what could be the story of the movie and then with that in mind then we went to shoot like specific scenes with people they didn't know either that they were part of a fictional plot so she was just pretending to be somebody else and people thought that you know i was just hanging around filming with my camera <laughs> for my personal video or something like that wow that's really interesting because you know watching and that's why like i've seen a film right and initially like by mistake said documentary but i remember watching it it did kind of feel documentary esque in a way even though like the part course you know when the she goes to her job and i don't want to give away too much of the story but you know she 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 they like to let, let her go of course that wouldn't be documentary right a false when allowed that to be recorded so I, of course knew it wasn't a documentary but it did feel a bit documentary-esque while watching it and i had no idea that that was sort of how you pulled the story together yeah that was one of the last scenes uh, we shot 80% of the footage you see in the movie is like 100% improvised. So people didn't know what they were part of. But then once we had a more clear idea of the whole story, then we went to shoot like specific sequences like that when, you know, uh, her boss has to fire her. And uh, to shoot something like that, yeah, we went to this guy who is the actual manager at that actual restaurant where where Idal missed herself. She actually worked there for a while. Oh. So we so so you know this guy was somebody we knew. So we went to talk to him, and I said, you know, I want you to fire her, but we're not gonna stage anything. We're not gonna write a dialogue. We're not gonna prepare anything. Just do it however you will do it, and I'll follow you with the camera. So we did that, mm-hmm. and of course we recorded like 10 minutes of a sequence and it ends up being like 30 seconds in the movie but basically I wanted to keep as much as possible you know documentary improvised kind of style he did a really great job because I would have been like what you want me to improvise (laughs) (laughs) there's a camera in front of me like some people kind of clam up the fact that they're you know going to be recording they have to act natural even though they act natural but they want the camera is in their face they stop acting natural did you have to cue him or or prep him or was he just naturally good no i mean obviously uh he's not a professional actor he was just trying to help but i mean but just he being a real person a, a real restaurant manager who actually does something like this that already adds a layer of credibility to it. Like he dresses like his character. He does every day what his character does. He's in this space. He knows this space. His office looks like, you know, like his real office. So all that already helps to build something. And of course, like later on, like in the way I shoot and edit the sequence, I obviously try to rely more heavily on Idalmis because she's a professional mm-hmm. actor, so she can handle the situation better than him, obviously. So, you know, you have to edit around it and cut out the bits that are not as good for him and try to rely more on her expression and what she's doing because obviously she's more credible. She's, she's professional. <laughs> 
Right. But I mean, even still, I mean, she was improving. A lot of actors and actresses aren't able to do that. They're more like, give me the script. I need to know exactly what's happening from point A to point B. Everyone isn't able to do improv. So that shows a lot to her talent. Oh, yeah. I mean, not only the actors, like even myself, I prefer to have a script. <laughs> it was the right. first time in my life that I did something like this because everything I've done before has been, you know, very scripted. Um, mm -hmm. and I also had uh, experience making documentaries, so I think that helps in the way you shoot something that is supposed to be real life and you try to tell a story with it. I think that experience kind of helped me to know how to shoot a scene and what was important and what's not. But, you know, in general, obviously I prefer to have a script and this experience was born, you know, out of it was just like we were in Central Park and we were like okay we have to make a film here in here we have to make something I'm very glad we did it you know because it, it started a, as a game it started a, as a joke and we ended up having a, a movie that was made with no budget and literally nothing and uh, you know and it's always nice when you can share something with people especially because the whole story of the movie is very autobiographical for both of us so mm -hmm. it, you know it feels very good now that people can see a little bit of your life and something that you did out of the blue you know right and in her interactions with the people like there was like the street thing where people were playing drums and talking to some of the people she met along the way i would not have ever known that that wasn't part of you know a script or some someone wrote into the film so I, like i said it was very it was very real thank you thank you yeah that <laughs> that was the goal i guess right yeah it was the goal i mean so would you see yourself doing this in the future where you've been doing more improv or do you want to stick with this you know script in the future well in general i like to stick to scripted material mm -hmm. but uh in this case it was something that we did out of necessity and and right now i feel that some of the stuff that i learned doing it i may incorporate you know some of the experiences mm -hmm. i had i i may incorporate that into scripted material what are some of the things you did learn from this experience that you think you would not have learned if it would have been the traditional storyline and storyboard and all those things well i mean first of all i think that for the actor for the performers just walking into a scene where nobody else knows where the scene is going like no other performer no other actor we may call them that no other actor has a script they don't know what the direction of the scene is they don't they don't even know they're part of the scene so for the actor just having okay so i will send her into the to the cuban roomba and i'll tell her okay you're trying to find a job you have to get in here and get a job so she's sort of like talking to people to see if some of the friends some of the people she hangs out with if anyone can connect her or, or you know get her a job at a restaurant whatever so she walks into the sequence with a goal in mind and i think that really helps her performance she doesn't know what the outcome is but she has to get that goal she has to find a job so i think that even when you do scripted material just you know the fact of like understanding what the character's goal is and walking into the sequence with that i think that's one of the one of the biggest learnings i had from this project mm -hmm. you know and it's mm -hmm. so, something i've definitely tried to incorporate in the stuff i've done before is just like telling the actors very clearly what the goal is okay you're in this scene to get this and i think that's something that helps them because it gives them a clear direction you know right, a clear right. goal in mind mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and I think too, you know, another aspect of the film, which we talked about earlier, is the story that we hear all the time. People coming to America, wanting the American dream. A dream that you and your friend, the actress who did this together, the both of you, you know, came to this country for, and you're basically giving people a glimpse into what it's like for immigrants to come into the U.S. and wanting to have a better life for themselves and trying to find work and just trying to make ends meet any way they can. Yes, for sure. I mean, for both of us, we came to the States with, without knowing our most, like, we didn't know anybody mm-hmm. in New York City. We didn't have a job. We, we you know, we, we just came here because we didn't want to stay in Cuba any longer, mm-hmm. you know, because Cuba is a very complicated place. Right. So we wanted to come here. And I mean, definitely we have lived our, you know, each person has their own version of their own American dream, whatever that is. And, you know, for us, we've been very lucky. We, we cannot complain, but it hasn't been easy, of course. Like when you are new in a new place, you have to face some of the same obstacles that Angela faces in the movie. And uh, I mean, just the fact of being away from your family, I think is already, you know, something that you don't really, you, you, you don't want to go through. But yeah, I mean, we're here now and uh, we're doing fine. We're happy and we love New York City. It's definitely mm-hmm. a great place to be. Right. And I think, too, the fact that, you know, even though it was sort of an in, improv type of process, the beauty of being in New York City is that you will walk and find people from all over the world. You can find a group of people from Cuba, find a group of people from Ghana, a group of people from Colombia, all over the world who are congregating together. And I'm sure it probably made the process a lot easier for you when you were pulling together the film. Yeah. And also just like shooting in New York City is uh you know people are incredibly used to seeing cameras and people are you know used to big crowds and used to being observed and so it makes it easier for us you know to shoot a film like this i mean shooting a project like this in any other city will have been like way more difficult right but here just because of the nature of the city and you know the the vibes you can get in places and do something like this and people people don't even care about you standing there with the camera <laughs> right i agree i mean one of the things being in new york people walk around with cameras all the time people talk to you all the time and stop you all the time and people i think assume that new yorkers are mean and they want to talk and sort of like looking straight ahead which a lot of them do right but for the most part people actually enjoy it's a, it's a type of city where people actually talk to each other more than i the other cities i've ever lived where people interact with each other a lot more and it, I think you're right, makes it easier to have those types of conversations that Angela had with people when she was interacting within the city. Oh, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. I, I feel like New York, in a way, reminds me of Havana uh, because it has that, like, anyone will talk to you on the street. Like, you get on the subway and you end up talking to someone. You go to a grocery store and you end up talking to someone or at a bar. Like, wherever you go, like, you know, people people talk to each other here, you mm-hmm. know, and, and we're very lucky that you can talk to people from all over the world without right. leaving this town. You know, you talk to people from different cultures, different religions, and I don't know, I feel like that makes my life so much richer than, you know, that it was meant to be. So I'm very grateful for being here. Right, I'm, I'm grateful that you're here too and we've been able to, to tell the story, you know, through the film. So what's next? I mean, what, what do you see yourself? Do you want to make this a feature? Or are you working on other projects? I know you're at NYU, so I'm pretty sure You've been busy working on projects um, while in school as well. Yeah, so right now I'm almost 100% focused on 
on school and i say almost 100% because i also have another project outside of school that we do okay. so me and two other friends from cuba uh, we created this film collective called fila 20 that we created in cuba so you know we've been working together for several years we've been producing each other's work and so we have like a couple of feature film projects that we're trying to push forward but they're still in very early stages mm -hmm. And of course, other than that, I have the projects from school. So I just finished the first year at the grad film program where I did three short films. And now I'm currently working on the script for my second year film, which is what I should be shooting in the following mm -hmm. months. Awesome. It sounds like you have a lot of work ahead. I'm really excited to see the projects. And like, I'm really excited that you decided to accept me on Clay TV because this is exactly the type of content we like to show on our platform. We want to show diverse voices from around the world and I think your film does a really great job and really showing a glimpse about people who come from Cuba and stories you don't really see that much and from I think a lot of times when people think of people coming from Cuba that they're mostly white people you know white Cubans um, and you know, other people coming from from the country as well who are living coming to America also trying to live their dream Yes, no, and um, thank you so much for having us. It's a real pleasure. I was really excited when I read about the platform for the first time. I think it's a really good idea and uh, it's amazing how many people are engaging with this. So it's, it's, a, it's a real honor for us to be a part of this. Oh, no, thank you. I mean, like like I said, we're, we're just happy that, you know, we're able to tell these stories and to work with filmmakers from around the world. And we do have like a lightning round. So we do ask filmmakers this question about being authentic and you know Kweli means truth in Swahili and so we always ask like what does authentic filmmaking mean to you well I guess it is finding for me I, I don't know if I have the the an answer to that yet <laughs> so at least in my experience so far like the hardest thing for me is finding what is truly what's truly bothering me and what's truly important for me because it's, it's very easy as a filmmaker at least for me it, it is very easy to fall for other stuff that you know may be more a result of the context mm -hmm. than your own brain than what's really inside of you and what you really care about so when i'm doing a project I try as much as I can to get rid of all the noise, of all the influences of the social context. I try to get rid as much as I can of all of that uh, so I can reach what's really important to me, just to me as an individual. Uh, because I, I think, I mean, I trust that other people will have the same worries. So I trust that other people will feel related to that. So for me, being authentic is about like finding yourself and understanding yourself and trying to put that on screen without other forms of contamination awesome thank you so much it's been great you can watch this awesome short angela on quilly tv and thank you for this time i really appreciate it thank you it was my pleasure awesome peace okay bye bye, bye.